Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Halfway home on this Tuesday evening, live in the Kia Studios. While I'm flying solo the rest of the way, so my thanks uh, greatly to Ed Lover for hanging out with me for a couple of hours. So I told you, like, I, Conti told me the other day when, when he told me about Ed Lover coming in, he said, yeah, he's a big listener to your show and he's a big fan of yours and all that. Like, how cool is that? Like, that's one of those moments that was like, oh, man, this is cool. Like, this guy listens to me and he's a fan of my show and everything. So... Uh, thanks so much to Ed Lover for being a part uh, of the show. We look forward to him coming back in and hanging out with me. He's He's got an open invitation anytime he wants to come. And he's doing stuff for V103, by the way, too. So check him out in the mornings on Saturday. He's on Saturday mornings doing doing some throwback stuff on V103. So check him out there. And he does. He lives, you know, in Smyrna. I mean, he said it. He lives, you know, lives right here. He's been here for a little while now. So did you know? I mean, again, I'm not. I know you were born. You were born after he was off TV. I mean, from Yo NTV raps, but oh wow! I mean, did That's you crazy. did you know or understand anything about Ed Lover, Fab Five Freddy? Never heard of him. Okay, <sighs> but he hey. but he seems really cool though. Yeah, it was a game the Falcons could have won. Listen to the Peachtree Football Podcast. Bam, 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 bam. Continuing reaction to the loss and you know all the stuff. Anyway, Bo Morgan, Dylan Matthews, whoever that is. Um, they're going to analyze what went right, what went wrong. Peachtree Football's on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. New episode wrong. dropping tomorrow, baby. 404-741-0929. Um, that's the Sodom of Others Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app so you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 19 on the game. At James Hitch 316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Oh, boy. I feel like you have something you might need to get off your – do you, do you want something to get off your chest, Chuck? No, no. I just, I, I just <laughs> shake my head at times. I, you know – you know, I love you, but, you know, I just, <sighs> anyway. You know, this is sometimes why I think, like, well, what if Freaky came in for a little bit and, and hung out with us? What if what if we had Freaky come in or whatever? Now, nah, he wouldn't know. What, he probably didn't watch very much of Yo! MTV Raps either. Or John people. Freaky? Yeah, him, the guy on the morning show. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. Um, hey, did you see who got traded the other day? Yeah, D- uh-huh. Debo, Deion uh-huh. Jones. Uh-huh. Who called that one? I can't re- – trying to remember now. Let's see here. There was a radio host that several months ago explained to you that starting with when they scheduled the surgery, okay, remember that simple, little, easy, it's no big deal, clean up, and all this, that, and the other. And I told you then, I said it here, said it on other platforms, 
that this was all a rigged game because Dion was not going to play again for the Falcons, that he was not going to play again. And let's go back in time to in the summertime, right? So just coincidentally, conveniently, just out of nowhere, the week that they're going into, let's all say it together, mandatory minicamp is when they decided to schedule the surgery. Not January during the playoffs, not after the Super Bowl, not before the draft, none of this stuff. They scheduled it the week going into mandatory mini to where he'd have the surgery, he could recover during that week. Oh, yeah, here comes training camp. Oh, I know. Well, he's not quite healthy yet. Let's put him on the pup list. Yeah, he can come back whenever he's healthy and ready. And just conveniently, the week of the final preseason game that the Falcons were going to play. Oh, Dion's healthy now. Yeah, he's practicing and he's healthy. We'll stick him in the Jacksonville game and let him show a little bit about he's healthy and recovered. And then it wasn't three days later. Ooh, my arm. My arm's broken. He went full Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. Oh, my arm's broken. I got a broken arm. And went back to short-term IR. And then one week after he was eligible to come off, one week the Falcons traded him. I know it all happened in a vacuum it's all happenstance. It just kind of fell that way. It's all convenient. and every- Oh, let's not forget the contract restructure. Oh, well, they freed up cap space. Oh, uh, what they really did was make it to where the Falcons will eat a bunch of money, and if we trade Dion, that team will have no big financial commitment. Oh, Really? And the Browns took on what? A million dollars of salary and the Falcons are going to eat 20? Oh, okay. Random happenstance, just out of left field, didn't see it coming. How could this happen? It's all luck, Chuck. Right. Because we told you for months that they were going to move on. That whether you, listen to me, whether you like this or don't like this, this is the truth. They don't feel like Deion Jones is the ideal fit for what Dean Pease and that defense wants to run from a middle linebacker, from an inside linebacker perspective. Doesn't mean Deion's a bad player. Doesn't mean they don't like him personally. Doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean that his career is over. For what they want to do in Dean Pease's scheme from an inside linebacker perspective. He doesn't fit what they want to do. Because here's what I can tell you. If he fit what they wanted to do and he fit this defense, he'd be out there already. He'd be out there. You'd have seen him on the field. Remember when we played you Isaiah Oliver last week and what he said? Oh, I didn't have to go on IR. I could have gone, we could have done this week by week. 
I could have come back a week or two earlier. We thought maybe just a couple of weeks. We'll just go. I'll just go inactive for a couple of weeks. No, they put him on IR to manipulate the system, which that's fine. There's no issue with that. But to call it anything else is disingenuous. To come up with any other term other than they rigged it is false. And that's fine. But there were a lot of people who told me, oh, you don't understand, Chuckery. He'll be back. Well, Dion fits this defense fine. Really? Where's he at now? Because he ain't here. And the Falcons aren't killing it at linebacker. I like Michael Walker. I like Rashawn Evans. I'm liking some of the things I see at Troy. But it ain't like Bobby Wagner and his prime sitting out there right now with this team. It ain't like they've got so many better options that we can afford to just let talented players walk out the front door. It ain't like they're looking at, I got Bobby Wagner in his prime and all these other guys, and we'll just let Dion walk out the front door because we got too many guys. Oh, yeah, we'll eat all the money on your way out for it, too, which now puts them, what, in the $70 million range or 70-something million dollars or whatever like that. Was never going to play here. It's not luck. It's not happenstance. It's not something out of the universe. They don't feel like he's the right guy and fit for what they want to do. Or, guess what? You see Arthur Smith plays everybody. Everybody. If you're on the 53-man and you end up active for that week, outside a quarterback, you probably are going to play. You probably are going to be a part of all of it. Whether you're on special teams, whether you play defense for us, whether you play offense, you have a real good chance to play. We do play everybody. Yep, sure do, Coach. And I like that. I got no issue with that. Got no issue with playing lots of guys because you got to figure out what guys are. And again, this doesn't mean Deion Jones is a bad guy. He's a bad football player. He's no good. He's washed up. It's none of those things. It's what they want to do defensively with their inside linebackers. He doesn't fit the profile of what they want. It's not coincidence that they brought in Rashawn Evans and drafted Troy Anderson. Guys who fit what their profile is. And Dion's going to a great situation. He's going to the Cleveland Browns. Guess what? They, they're, well, they're good enough on their interior defensive line that they can free him up to go do things. And guess what? When those two guys on the edge go just destroy the hearts and souls of quarterbacks, Dion can run around and help cover and do things. He'll be fine. So all the people who tried to explain to me, oh, you don't understand. He's, he fits the scheme. And Okay, then why is he not here? Why is he not here? Oh, money. No, it's not. It's not. They have all the money in the world next year. By the way, have you seen that number for next year, by the way? Do you notice how it's coming down? Because when you extend your players, like Arthur Smith said, the Jake Matthews and all that, like Jake Matthews' number next year is like twice as much as it will be at any other point in his contract on that extension. All these guys that they're extending – all the money is going to be eaten up next year into that. They'll have plenty of money to go sign, guys. 
But that's why, again, if they were a two-win football team, top-flight free agents aren't going to a two-win franchise. Because everybody's got money. Everybody finds money. We laughed about the Saints finding money to sign Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry and all these guys, right? Well, they don't have any money to do all that. Well, they found it, didn't they? And guess what? The Falcons have cap space available. Falcons can go out and make a move if they need to. This was never about cap, Dion, contract. It was about what the player brings and how he fits into what they want to do. Doesn't make him a bad football player. But for what they want to do, he wasn't the right guy. Because I can tell you, if he was and he was here, they'd keep him. They didn't let Grady go, did they? They didn't let Grady walk. They signed him to a whole bunch of money, didn't they? Didn't let him walk, did they? So, again, no shock, no surprise. We told you about this months ago, literally months ago, was saying that he'll ne- and said on multiple platforms, he'll never play for the Falcons again. You'll never see him on a Sunday afternoon suiting up and playing for the Falcons. You mean you uh, came with a, a water cooler talking point three to six months in advance? Yeah, of course I did. That's what you do. Of course I did. Oh, no, no, you were wrong, Chuckery. Was I? Okay. And, and again, one week, they didn't wait. They didn't play him for a while and see how he looked. One week, one week after he was eligible to come off of IR, he was traded. They traded a guy who had not come off of IR yet. Because remember, he didn't practice last week. One guy out of that group. Now here's the fascinating part. Ready? Let's talk about this for just a second. What's going to happen with Marlon Davidson and Jalen Mayfield? Because that's the two. Isaiah Oliver practiced. That means he has to be activated within the next three weeks. What's going to happen with Marlon Davidson and Jalen Mayfield? I'll give you, I'll tell you what I think. Mayfield's going to the practice squad, and Davidson might not be here. Because right now, they like Abdullah and they cut Anthony Rush. They didn't cut him to bring uh, Marlon Davidson back. They like what Abdullah Anderson and Taquan Graham and those guys do around that defensive line with Grady. They like what those guys bring. Don't be surprised if Marlon Davidson's cut and, and Mayfield's on the practice squad. That's They're going to change up this roster in places that some people just aren't going to like and aren't going to believe that they're going to do it. All right, when we get back, it's going to be time for That's Life. Um, a very funny claim now about a product that is specifically to one state that supposedly is not made there. I'll explain all that next, plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios. 921, you know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, catch us on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game. At JMCH316, he's at underscore Dylan Matthews. By the way, too. 1040 tonight, Rankum is coming up. So hit us up with a list on the text line or on my Twitter page. Also, get at the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Brian Baldinger, Jason LaConfora, and Carl Dukes. And what's his Twitter handle, Dylan? Put him up! They got you every Tuesday and Thursday going around the league and around the NFL with storylines. Follow In the Huddle for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll get your top ten here in just a couple of minutes here. Um, this is funny, Dylan. A man in in California has filed a lawsuit claiming that the makers of Texas Pete hot sauce, quote, knowingly and intentionally capitalize on consumers' desire to partake in the culture and authentic cuisine of one of the most prideful states in America through false marketing and labeling. So, for those that don't know, Texas Pete, you've heard of Texas Pete hot sauce? I think we got some out there. Yeah, I love Texas Pete. Okay, so it's manufactured in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay, (laughs) this is on their website. The company that owns them is called T.W. Garner Food. On their website, they they say that the family chose that name back in 1929. And it was... Um, a marketing advisor suggested to them then they should call it Mexican Joe, but founder Sam Garner wanted an American name, quote-unquote. Sam suggested they move across the border to Texas, which also had a reputation for spicy cuisine. Then he glanced at son Harold, whose nickname was Pete, and the Texas Pete Cowboy was born. The lawsuit also points to the website saying the company, quote, ready? readily admits having no connection to Texas while it decidedly not while it is decidedly not forthcoming about this on the products or anywhere else at the point of purchase. So again, if you're buying Texas Pete, buyer beware because there's no guy named Pete. It's not made in Texas. You may be disappointed. A spokesperson for the company said, quote, we are aware of the current lawsuit that has been filed against our company regarding the Texas Pete brand name. Uh, we are currently investigating these assertions with our legal counsel 
to find the cleanest and most effect clearest, excuse me, and most effective way to respond. Could you imagine being so upset that you file a lawsuit against a company like that, thinking that it's false advertising? The guy's name, by the way, is Philip White. He bought a $3 bottle of the sauce last year, thought it was made in Texas, and then filed on September 12th in Los Angeles Federal Court. You can go online and find this, by the way. Uh, it is They have posted the uh, copy of the complaint. Um, the, not, the consumer nonprofit organization Truth in Advertising has this available to you. In all honesty, can I say it like this? If you have time to file in Los Angeles federal court a lawsuit about Texas Pete, you have too much free friggin' time on your hands. Yeah, you got no life. Yeah, get a hobby. Go meet a woman. Help. Go go develop a bat. Snort coke. Take amphetamine. Something. Good. Do something with your life other than worry about whether or not Texas Pete is made in Texas or not and file a lawsuit in Los Angeles federal court over it. Maybe don't do drugs. If you're, if you're filing a lawsuit in L.A. County court, federal court, maybe you already are. Yeah, that's, that's true. Maybe he should, you know what? He should put that, that time to use. Maybe he should try to go become a detective and actually do things like that to help the community. If this guy has procreated, his kids should send him to a home. <laughs> Honestly. Like, again, what the hell is wrong with people? Like, what, what, I guess I have to congratulate somebody that their life is easy enough that they have time to go to L.A. federal court and file a lawsuit about Texas Pete hot sauce. It doesn't say, by the way, how much money he's looking for or whatever, but they want truth in advertising in all of this stuff. So, unbelievable. All right, um, happy birthday today to Steve Young. Maybe the greatest left-handed quarterback of all time. Chris Spielman, who is from my hometown. He played at Maslin High School. He's from the Maslin-Canton area. Rikishi's birthday is today. Any idea who he is? Yeah, that's your guy, Rikishi. Yeah, I just had my picture taken yeah, with well, him a, a, a few taken. months ago. Yeah. Taz, his birthday is today. Any the Tasmanian Devil? Taz. The Tasmanian any Devil? Any idea who Taz is? I know the Tasmanian Devil. Okay, that's not what I said. Then Taz no. No, with two Zs. Nope. He's a former professional wrestler as well. Uh-huh. Actually, if you if you call up your buddy at AEW, uh-huh. John Schneider, um, he could probably get Taz on the show for us. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, and it's Cardi B's. Well, give me your favorite Cardi B song. Oh, definitely. Um, so this is not technically her song, but she was on this song and she ate this song up. It's called, um, oh, what's, it's her and 21 Savage on it. It was on DJ Khaled's album. It's, um, hold on, I, I'll look it up real quick. It's not so... So your favorite isn't WAP? No, it's not WAP. Okay. <laughs> that might be the only Cardi B song I know is WAP. She had another couple songs that I probably she had recognize. Bodak. You, you know Bodak. You've heard Bodak yeah, Yellow. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Um, up. If it's up, then it's up. Then no. It's up, she, doesn't she up. have a? Doesn't she have an? Oh man. She's got another one that was kind of popular on on Top Forty Radio. But WAP. Is oh, the, maybe. Uh, be careful. Be careful with me. That one? I can't remember. WAP is certainly her most famous because I think that's her biggest number one hit, actually. <laughs> um, honestly. Who'd she do that with? Was it Megan Thee Stallion? Yes. Her and Megan whapped it up. Anyway, whap it up. I'll <laughs> take it. Whap it up. Uh, you don't know that reference either. So. No, I don't. It, listen. Oh, Wish Wish by song was, was the song okay. I was thinking of. Wish Wish. Um, 
I'll, I'll give out a bucket of pride to anybody who knows the reference to Wap It Up, I'll Take It, Wap It Up, who does that song. But anyway, all right, so with this all tonight, um, today in the game, Max Fried took on, who was that guy that he took on? Nacho Sanchez or whatever his name is? Ranger Suarez. Ru- Ruber, Ruben, Ruben, you know, Ruben Sanchez or whatever. I thought you were Dirty about to say Sanchez. <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. Um, so you had two left-handed pitchers in that game today that started, and it's Steve Young's birthday today. So with that tonight, tonight's top ten list, your top ten favorite left-handed pitchers of all time. Starters, relievers, I don't care what it is. Your top ten favorites of all time, Dylan, the floor is yours. Well, I can already tell you that my top three, in no particular order for the top three, are Max Reed, John Smolton, uh, Tom Glavin, because both all, <sighs> all three of the – what? What? What was the category? Left-handed pitchers. Wait. Tom, Tom's a lefty. Uh-huh. Max is a lefty. Uh-huh. Oh, Smolson isn't a lefty. Did you get whapped? No, I didn't get whapped. Okay. I thought I don't know why I was thinking Smolson was a lefty. I, I, listen, tomorrow I'm going down to Atlanta <laughs> Federal Court. Okay. And I'm filing a lawsuit uh-huh. for brand infringement. I'm I'm filing a lawsuit against you brand for brand infringement. Why? That I wasn't sold on dialing. Like somebody's So no, um Smoltz is not a left-handed pitcher. I just had a brain fart. We'll we'll, we'll chalk it up to that. I realized my mistake though. Okay. So good. It's okay. Good. Right. Good. Um but Who Mac helped you point it out. You did. Okay. Thank you, Chuck. But okay, Max Reed and Tom Glavin for sure though because okay. both of those two pitchers were um instrumental parts in helping the Braves win World Series. So huh? Um, those are my two. Why don't you say Maddox? Just say Greg Maddox. Oh, Greg Maddox as well. Yeah, him too. Yeah, I forgot just, about just, him. Just, just say Greg Maddox on your on your list of left-handers. <laughs> say Tom Seaver too while you're at it. Just I Nolan won't say Ryan. Tom Seaver. <sighs> okay, please uh, continue. Uh, Randy Johnson, okay. as well. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I did not know if you knew Randy Johnson or not. I love Randy Johnson. He, he's Randy Johnson on my list. He hit the bird. Randy Johnson. To me, let me say it like this. In my lifetime, mm-hmm. Randy Johnson is the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. In my lifetime. Can't disagree. I did not see Koufax, but I also think that Sandy Koufax is the most overrated player in the history of baseball. Oh. I think he's the most overrated player of all time. Well, that's awkward because I have Sandy Koufax on my list. Okay. So there you go. I think he's the most – I. If you look at the entirety of his career, uh-huh. until he got to Chavez Ravine and pitched for the L.A. Dodgers at Chavez Ravine, mm-hmm. he was a f- below 500 pitcher before that. He, he was not a great pitcher when he was in Brooklyn. He was not a great pitcher in the L.A. Coliseum. But when he got on that high mound with a great defense and the toughest ballpark to homer in, then he became, then he became Sandy Koufax. That's when he became Koufax. He had as good a four-year run as anybody ever. He played 12 years. His other eight years were not great. His four years were incredible. His other eight years were mediocre. He had a couple really good seasons, but that four-year run was outstanding. But he also had some turds that he laid early in his career as well. (laughs) All right, so I'm also going to go with – so no Sandy Koufax for you. Uh, I'm also going to go with – I got to put Clayton Kershaw on the list. I mean – Okay. Even though with the injuries he's been been dominant and he's been – he has a nice consistent career. Kershaw's – I mean – He's as good. He's he's up there with as good as anybody I've seen in my lifetime as a left-handed pitcher. We gotta have a Milwaukee Brave on there. Gotta have Warren uh, Warren Span. Is it Span or Span? I think it's Span, isn't it? He's a lefty. Yes, he is. Say his name again. 
Warren Spawn. Span. It's one of those. It's either Spawn or Span. Warren Span. It's Span. Final answer. Warren Spawn. Ah, Spawn. Okay. He is a he. He's dead now. But he was yes. a very cantankerous individual later in life. Like he was. He did not like younger players. He was not a very friendly. He was very cantankerous later in life. He wouldn't have liked me. Like, if he was a radio uh, no, host and I was no, his producer, I, he wouldn't honesty, have liked me. he would have punched you. <laughs> if you just said Warren Spann, he probably would have He probably would have punched you. Well, RIP to Warren Spahn. Um, I'm also going to have to go with, I mean, you got to have Lefty Grove on, on the list. I mean, his, his first name is Lefty. Do, do you know anything about Lefty Grove? I know his first name is Lefty and his last name is Grove. Okay. And, he, and he's one of the best. Left-handed pitches all the time. He, he pitched for two teams in his career. Can you name either one of them? Boston. Uh, that's correct, but you're looking at your notes. Yes. Yeah. I, did, pitched, I did my research. Most most famously, he pitched for the Philadelphia Athletics. He was okay. one of the great pitchers. I think he won the ERA title nine times in his career. See, like, I, notice how I'm looking at you reciting all of this. Yes. I'm not looking at notes, not looking at a website. I can recite all of this stuff to you, just literally looking you in the eye, and I know all this stuff. I mean, that's, that's why you're why you're one of the goats, man. You're giving me all this <sighs> yeah, info. Yeah, because I don't know who Warren Spann is. I know Denard Spann, <laughs> but I don't know Warren Spann. Okay. All right. I also have to go uh, a guy I do know and I, a guy I did see play. Got to put Madison Bumgarner on the list. Yeah, I, I love Madison Bumgarner. I'm a huge – listen – that year, that that one World Series victory where he just was, where, where Bochi just said, look, you're going to pitch starter, middle relief, closer, everything. whatever. You're just going to pitch everything. I think it was the Royals when they that they when they beat the uh, the Royals that year that mm-hmm. you're going to go pitch. You're going to do everything you have to do to help us. Yeah, and I mean he did that, and he he was he was an integral part in the Giants winning a, a couple of World Series when hit them and I think the Cardinals were going back and forth yeah. for a, a few years. So to close out my list, I am gonna have to go uh, Chris Sale. I mean he's 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 young and he's been you know pretty solid. He's got it's, a, he's it's got a, he's it's got a little a ways to go. No, it's a shame what injuries have done to Chris Sale yeah. because he was dominant when he, he started was. out. He was a 300 strikeout, like not 200. It was a 300 strikeout pitcher in his prime. Yep. All right, I I'm going because I picked my favorites. I'm going with Madison Bumgarner's on my list as well. Glavin is obviously on my list. Kershaw's on my list. Randy Johnson is on my list. I've got Arthur Rhodes. I loved Arthur Rhodes as a setup guy for the Orioles and for the Mariners. Loved Arthur Rhodes. Billy Wagner. One I of the forgot about him. Of all time. I remember him. Um, Mark Langston. Loved Mark Langston as a kid, man. Big-time strikeout pitcher for the Mariners. And then my final three, Ron Guidry. Any idea what his nickname was? The Guidry kid. Louisiana Lightning. Nope, wouldn't have guessed that. He was from Louisiana. Um, 1978, he goes 25-3 and three with like a buck 76 ERA. One of the greatest seasons ever in baseball history for a starting pitcher. Fernando Mania, I was all about Fernando Mania as a kid, man. The screwball, the looking up, the closing his eyes, was all about Fernando Mania. And my favorite left-handed pitcher of all time, without a doubt, is the great Steve Carlton, one of the greatest starting pitchers of all time. Back in an era where guys would make 40 starts, pitch 300 innings, throw 25 complete games. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't. Hit us up on the text line with your list as well. When we get back, Bob Nightingale. Joined myself and Ed Lover earlier in the show. What he had to say, we'll play that next. Chuck Ring, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. But my heart just ain't gonna buy it. Back to more John Chuckery. No, no, I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game.
talk to our Odyssey MLB insider, Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. And as always, you can follow Bob on his personal Twitter page, at Nightingale. And Bob, rough one today here at Truist Park. We're not really panicked, but certainly the runners in scoring position thing definitely has to change in game two for the Braves to find a victory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know the positive is that they had guys on base all game long, uh, several chances to uh, you know put on a uh, you know play a ten spot on the board. So yeah, I mean that's that's a good thing is that you know they were getting their hits and uh, they just weren't getting the clutch hits. But it's you know great for them that the uh, you know especially the way they beat up on the Phillies bullpen. Uh, so they know that hey, if you get you know get past their starters, Wheeler or Nola, give me a big drop off. Yeah, hey, um, Bob, what do you think is the problem? Why aren't the Braves making moves when they got runners? They, they were two for nine with runners in scoring position. What's the problem? I think just being rusty. I mean, uh, the Astros should have lost that game, too. I think when you have five days off, you know, guys aren't used to it. Uh, as long as they're breaking the All-Star uh, break. So I just think it was a matter of uh, being rusty with Phillies. You know, they uh, played uh, St. Louis Cardinals, so they're coming off a momentum thing. So I think there's a lot to be said where if you have some momentum going into a series uh, compared to a team just sitting around for five, six days. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You think that's something to think about or, or look at going into next year? And I don't know how you fix it, but to your point, Bob, it's like, you know, some teams are playing right away. Some teams have five days off. It, it's And I understand we're expanded and we're trying new things and this, that, and the other. But it does seem like there needs to be maybe some sort of little bit better balance between too much time off and too fast of a turnaround. Yeah, and that's what you do. I mean, they, uh, you know, the best of three wild card series is, you know, no days off and one spot and, you know, only one day off beforehand, one day off afterwards. So unless you go back to the one game sudden death, uh, that's the only way you can do it. You know, otherwise uh, you're going to have the layoff. I know it's good for some injuries and things like that. But it does make you rusty. Uh, you know, you watch, I would think, the rest of the series now. You know, Atlanta will be back in the, uh, uh, you know, regular mode and can come, you know, right back in this thing. I, I still think it was a series. Yeah, I was just about to say that. If you have a player that's injured or you have somebody that's on the borderline, like, like, like Max, like Freed, right, you get that five days of rest. But on the other side of that, that five days of rest could affect – some of your players because the rust set in. So, so what do you think? Do you think this is something that Major League Baseball is going to look at next year? Yeah, I'm not sure that you can change it. I mean, I, uh, I think TV still wants that three-game series. So, you know, <laughs> I guess you could say no more, you know, no more a, uh, you know, first-round buys. You know, that would change it. But, you know, I mean, look at even uh, the Houston game with Berlander. Berlander got, you know, shellacked there. Uh, so I think it affects pitchers too. You're used to going every five days. You know, Bob, I know going down 0-2 would not be ideal for the Braves at all, but I know we're going to use the term must win, and I think that there is some truth to that. But it does feel like the Braves are one of those teams that you don't get fearful about them getting routes. The same team that just came back from 10.5 games down in their division to win this thing, and, and when they had to sweep the Mets, they swept the Mets. So I, I guess the question becomes, you know, yes, the Braves want to win that game tomorrow, but do you feel like it's must win or this series is over if the Braves lose tomorrow? 
I don't. In fact, you know, I think uh, you know, Atlanta is that good. They really are. And, uh, you know, hey, Phillies are a good team. they got some confidence. But I don't think it's a must win. I think it's a, a, a very crucial game. But, you know, like you said, I mean, they had to sweep the uh, Mets. They swept the Mets. You know, they've done, uh, you know, everything they need to. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, they had the finishing kick they did. So I still believe that the, uh, you know, Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball. Uh, you know, I still think the World Series goes for them. Bob, who do you think the uh, Braves are going to put on the mound for the next game, for tomorrow's game? Yeah, I know it's not going to be uh, Strider, so it's got to be right, I, I, would, I would think. Uh, you know, going game two. It does make you wonder, Bob. Um, they will pitch right tomorrow, and then we got word today that Strider did throw a little bit on the side, and he felt pretty good. It does make you kind of wonder about how they they run the rest of this rotation because, you know, look, we you and I have talked about Strider a lot, and this year against Philadelphia, he was 4-0 and with a one two seven ERA, whereas in five games, Morton was 0-1 with a 547 ERA. It makes you wonder about, you know, do you have to think about if you're down 0-2, do you try to, you know, do what you got to do to try to get Strider in there, even if it's just like a, a bullpen type of game? Or do you think that, look, you, you, you try to hold off on Strider as long as you can in a series like this? I would pitch him. I mean, you know, he's our, uh, you know, one of the best young pitchers in the game. I think you got to pitch him in the, uh, you know, you got to pitch him in game three and just let him start. I mean, obviously they must know he's going to be ready to start or else he would have been on the playoff roster. If there was a big concern and thought, okay, he can't do this, they would have left him off. Uh, but, no, I'd, I'd be stunned if he's not pitching game three, you know, no, no matter what, whether it's, uh, you know, 1-1 or 0-2. The Phillies got their aces coming up on the mound. Is there any adjustments in the lineup that the uh, Braves need to make in order to be successful against the Phillies' aces? You know, I just have to be a uh, you know patient to play. At least they've seen you know the same divisions, so I've seen them a lot, uh, which helps out the hitters. Uh, you know, obviously Will and Nola very good, but you know they pitched well against. I was in their, in their uh, series against St. Louis. They pitched well, but not superb. Mm. So you know, get that pitch count out. The big thing is to get to the Phillies bullpen. Get such a big drop off. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. I mean, is it too easy to say Rust when we talk about Verlander and Max Freed today? I mean, neither ace exactly had, you know, their best outings. I mean, is it just that simple, or was it anything else that you saw today? You know, it it is probably, uh, you know, mostly that with that Rust. You know, I think in Freed's part, you know, he was sick his last start, so maybe a, uh, you know, maybe he was still, you know, not saying under the weather, but he didn't have the same, you know, strength as normal. So I'm sure that was a factor as well. Yeah, I think 100% with, with Max Freed, there was some some sickness there. Was there any? Did anybody from the Braves front office say anything about Max's uh, health? Uh, they said he was fine. I mean, Max said he was, uh, you know, that that he was fine. But okay. yeah, you know, these guys don't want to use excuses. And I think, you know, obviously he felt strong enough to take them out, you know, and want to be the guy in game one and not, you know, not game two or later on. But, you know, when you look back, it's like it, it had to play a factor. And he got some bad luck, too. I mean, he was one pitch away from having one, two, three first inning, and, you know, those runs came in. So those, some of those balls were laying in the right spots, too. Bob, let's bounce around uh, a little bit. Um, surprised at all that Craig Kimbrell, a guy we know real well here in Atlanta, was not part of the Dodgers' postseason roster for this round? 
Well, he was upset about it, but yeah, he struggled down the stretch. They didn't trust him. It took him to close his role. Uh, yeah, but just you know, I think they think the Padres. I've seen a lot of them too. So not not to say he can't be on the second round if they advance. Uh, but yeah, and it just you know, he went by the numbers and uh, and what they felt comfortable with. They just don't feel comfortable with Kimball in the game. The Padres were clutch. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I know the Mets faltered, but let's give the Padres a little bit credit. Musgrove was outstanding in that closing game. How well do they match up with the Dodgers? You know, they we've been kind of you and I've talked a little bit about, you know, how how good they still are with that top of the rotation and the depth of their lineup. Can they can do they have a real shot against the Dodgers or is it just the Dodgers are just too good for them? They do just because of pitching, you know. It's not, I thought the two sleepers going in. I think we talked about it last week or so. Going in were Seattle and San Diego. Uh, you know, I think tonight's a mismatch. You know, Urias against Clevenger. I think Clevenger's got like a nine something ERA and his three starts against the uh, Dodgers. But then you know you, you can bring out you Darvish who's pitched very well. You know, and then come back with a uh, Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove. Uh, you got Josh Hader as the closer. You know, you got a you got a shot. Bob, we look at this Cleveland-New York series coming up. You know, the Indians are uh, guardians, the I guardians, guess. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I'm, I've, I've spent my whole life watching the Indians <laughs> yeah, play. Me but, too. Um, but they feel like the kind of team in this matchup that can give the Yankees some fits in this thing. And, you know, there's an old saying that says, you don't know what you don't know. That's what the guardians feel like right now. Like, there's nothing to lose. They're young, and they just go in, and nobody expects them to win. Just go out and have fun and play your game. I think they can give the Yankees some trouble in this series. They could. They put the ball in play. Uh, you know, they got the best closer in the business. Got two, uh, two, three great young starting pitchers. Uh, you know, you just wonder how a, a young team like that's going to react, uh, particularly on the road. Uh, they, you know, beat the good Toronto team, but they're both home games. So you sort of know how the pressure affects these guys never having it done before. Bob, this uh, Houston-Seattle series we just mentioned about, you know, it was obviously a, a walk-off, you know, victory for Houston. Is that demoralizing for a, a team like Seattle where you feel like if you can steal a game in Houston, now you've got a real shot, and it's a game you feel like you could have, should have won. Robbie Ray, of all guys, is the guy who comes in and, and loses it for you. I mean, I, I know it's a series, but, boy, when you have a game like that that you feel like is in hand and you're on the road against a great team, it feels like you got to find a way to get that victory. You're absolutely right. It's like, you know, St. Louis Cardinals could not recover when they blew that game one up 2-0 in the ninth inning and give up six runs. Weren't the same team. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, now there's a day off in the AL Division Series. So, you know, now they have an extra day to think about and everything else. So they, you know, they got the right guy going in uh, game two, and you know Castillo, Castillo is unbelievable. You know, pitching you know, probably better than anybody in baseball right now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a tough loss. It's a brutal loss. How many of these series you think are going to go five games? Uh, I thought I I, uh, I thought for sure Seattle and uh, Houston go five. I still think you go five. Uh, you know, the other ones I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think the, that one goes five. I think the rest, the other three, go four games. Did anything change about your thought about how long the series goes with Philly winning today? I had Atlanta winning in four, uh, and I thought it was possible that he could sweep them. That's so, exactly that's what going to happen. But I, I, I still think Atlanta wins uh, the series. You know, maybe instead of four games, it's five. But I still think they win it. 
Follow him on his Twitter page, at Nightingale. He is our Odyssey MLB insider, and insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. And Bob joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Bob, as always, man, appreciate it. We will talk next Tuesday as, uh, you know, we'll see what, uh, what happens uh, from here as we'll get into the next round of these playoffs. All right, looking forward to it. Take you, care. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.